0: Now, I've got a really good message for you today. I'm going to pat myself on the back right now, all right? And, and I want you guys, this, I'm going to launch a series here, and, and I, I have no idea how long this is going to be because God never tells me. He always tells me what we're going to talk about, and he says just keep going, I'll tell you when to stop. But this is a very important series, but, and, and, and I want to start by asking you guys a quick question. I think I know the answer to this, but I want you guys to answer it. And I want to know how many of you just feel like you're living the life. You're living the life, you're just, you're just all in, you're happy, you're full of love, you're full of joy, you're full of compassion, you're full of energy when you wake up to go save the world, do whatever it is, you're just, you're, there's nothing that can hold you back. You're just living the life. How many of you are living that life? All right, don't everybody raise one hand at once. Huh? Come on. <laughs> Listen, as believers, we all should be living that life by faith. We should all be living it by faith. Now, I understand that we live in a pretty chaotic world right now. And I understand, well, what's, everything that's going on, I mean, come on, let's just be real. I mean, there, there is a lot happening. There's so much confusion in our world right now. And and with all of that going on, it's even easy for believers to fall into a state of fear. Right? Come on, I know, I understand this. I'm human. I may be your pastor, but I'm human. I understand these emotions and what happens and, and how things happen. You can be overwhelmed by what's going on in the world. But so you've got to be quick to remind yourself of 2 Timothy 1:7, though. God hasn't given us the spirit of fear. Right? And now I know you've heard that a thousand times. You're probably going to hear it 10,000 more. Why? Because fear is one of the number one tools that the enemy uses to hold people back. Because if he can keep you in fear, you'll never make it to faith. And if you never make it to faith, you're not going to be able to believe him for nothing. Right? And so he wants to keep you in fear. And why do I, why do I encourage you and want to remind you of that verse is you need to you need to be reminding yourself daily of that verse. Because there's a lot of things in this world that will push you into a state of fear, right? If you allow it to. Right? But you got to grab hold of God's scripture, grab hold of your relationship with him, and you got to understand something that you are his child and he has put you here this very Chaotic day in time. Because he could have put you anywhere. But he put you in this time. And when we get to the end of this message, you'll understand what times this is. But he puts you today because he wants you to know that you are very much empowered and anointed to do what he's called you to do. You are gifted. He has given you and I the privilege, come on, to live in these uncertain times. And that's a privilege that we need to learn to embrace because it's a privilege, right? I mean, it's a very privilege. And he did all of that because he knew, he knew that we, when we come together as the unified body, we're the A-team that he needs in these uncertain times, right? And that's, I mean, that's, and guys, that's only going to happen if we keep our focus right and don't fall into fear based on the things and the ways of the world. Now, I titled today's message called Our Two-Minute Warning, all right? Our Two-Minute Warning. Now, if any of you know anything about sports and football, there's a thing called a two-minute warning. Now, I'm not even really sure if the pros still use this or not, uh, but the purpose of a two-minute warning was where the referees, they would stop the play, and then they would, they would literally let each coach know, all right, the game's about to end. We're getting to the end of this thing. This is the two minute warning. Now, the purpose of that two minute warning was to let each coach, each coach prepare and bring in their, their, the best that they can bring because, hey, we got two minutes to go in this. Well, we're, the game's about over. And as a matter of fact, most teams would study, I mean, would practice and study out a two minute drill. And a lot of times they run more plays in that two minutes than they just ran the last 15 minutes of the game. Why? Because the pressure was on. And they were bringing the best that they had. They were putting all that they had on that field. Because if they were going to win that game, they had to bring their A-team to the field. And that, listen, I'm going to encourage you in this. That's where the church is today. That is exactly where the church is today. And as the clock is winding down, come on. God wants you to know that it's time for us to be prepared to take our places on the field. To be ready. To be alert. At a moment's notice, he's calling the drill. It's time for us, the body of Christ, to bring the best that we got to the field, to bring the best that we've got to the battle. Amen? And listen, always remember that as we draw closer to the day when Jesus comes back, and we're drawing closer every day that goes by, but as we draw closer spiritual things are happening behind the scenes. Things are lining up with the Word of God. Because there's a thing called a prophetic timeline. And when you understand the prophetic timeline, basically what the prophets prophesied, and as those things start to happen, you can see the time frame that we're in today. Now you have to do a little bit of studying to figure all that out, but it's not hard. Right? But, there's a, and there's, but there's a thing, and, and, and as we get closer to Jesus coming back, spiritual activity starts to, 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 starts to grow and starts to increase. Come on, and things start lining up, things start happening. We may not see it all because we have so much technology to show us all the bad, right? But things start lining up because Jesus is coming back. But you've got to remember something. When those things start lining up, the opposition is also bringing their A-game to the field. They're bringing everything they have got. They're coming after because they also know that time is short. Time is short. He's he they, in other words opposition is coming harder than ever before. And if you just look at the world we live in, I think we could agree. He's bringing everything he's got right now. Everything he's got right now. Right? And you got to understand that. That 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 God is calling for the two minute warning. He's calling for us to be prepared, bring all that we can to the field. Glory to God, because we are gearing up for the climax of the greatest battle of all time, which is good and evil. And the great thing is, is we know according to God's word that Jesus is the victor. He's the victor. See, we get to rest in that. Though. So what's the point of us coming to the field and coming because we all have so a part to play, just like what Michelle was talking about. We all, there are lives hanging in the balance, and, and he's wanting us to get one last ditch, get all together, get all, bring the best, the, our A team to the field, right? Because Jesus is the one. But, you know, But that brings me to a simple thing. I understand it's easy to sit up here and preach this, and it's easy to get up here and say this, and, it's easy, to, and I'm encouraging myself, guys, because I get overwhelmed by the world just like you do. And I know that when you, you just go to Target or you go to Walmart and you just listen to conversations of people. I'm a people watcher. I like to listen and see because you can determine where people are based on how they talk, how they walk. Come on, I was in Walmart the other day, and I watched a lady bump into another lady, just, just honest accident, and the other lady called her everything under the sun, right? And just, this is just where people are. It's where the world is. And I know as a pastor and as a Christian, it's hard to walk in this, in this society. You can feel overwhelmed. How do you preach to these people? I mean, I was in a gas station last week. It was at the end of, end of the day. I don't frequent this gas station. I have one I like to go to because I know the people there. And, but I needed gas, and so I went in, and I was tired. You know, it was just one of those hot days. I'd been outside in the sun all day, and I was just ready to get home, shower, eat, and just relax. And I, but I needed gas, so I went in, and there was a lady running the store, and her daughter was helping her run the store. And the daughter is at the register, and she's ringing every, everybody up, and she's not paying any attention to the customer, and she's talking to mom, who is over here. They have a liquor store and all this. She's handling the liquor store side, and this, that, and other. And they're having this conversation about this girl, her daughter, who is in high school, and she is... Um, She's having a relationship issue, and the school won't let her, her boyfriend, who is not in school, come visit her at school. So she's talking to mom, and this is all un- un- unwinding really fast. And She's talking to mom, and they want they better let him come in there. He's my partner, and they have to do, our taxpayers pay this, blah, 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 blah. And then mom chimes up, well, if you need me to come up there and show my blankety blank, you know. And through all of this, I'm just wanting some gas. And I see this little girl, and I'm not. what I'm leaving out is all the pleasantries that they're sharing amongst each other in language. I mean, just F-bombs and you name it, they're throwing it all out there, and I'm just like wanting some gas. And I'm like, please just ring up my gas. But she's too busy with this conversation. Now, I'm seeing where these people are, and I'm sitting there. I'm just like, please get my gas. You know, I'm trying to be patient. Right, I'm trying not to let my flesh rise up, and about to, I'm about to say something, and the man behind me chimes into the conversation with his pleasantries of language. Well, that's right. We're supposed today supposed to do what we're tell them to do, you know? and I pause and I look back, and he's holding three cases of beer, one in each hand, and one under his arm. And and I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, please just give me my gas, you know. And I wanted to run. I literally got to the truck. I put the nozzle in. I'm like, I was overwhelmed. I'm a pastor. You're supposed to preach to these people. You're supposed to reach these people. And I really just wanted to kick them off the curb. I mean, I understand. (laughs) Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. Because they're there. And this is where I was, and I got to the truck, and I was like, God! And he knew I was getting overwhelmed. I was like, what? How are we supposed to reach these people? Because you can see where people are when they begin to speak and when they begin to act. They can put on a front when they come visit your church, but when the natural, when they're out there, when they think nobody's watching, that's the real them. And I'm just sitting there, I'm really frustrated, and I was like, and God was like, well, just, just remember who you are. I'm like, oh, thank you, thank you, that's really good, you know. Okay, I don't remember who I am, but I'm pumping my gas and all of that. And he brought me to Romans eight thirty seven. quickly rose up in my spirit. And this is a verse that most all of us know. It says, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And when that rose up in my spirit, I was sitting there. I was only getting twenty dollars worth of gas, but the slowest pump ever. And I'm sitting there, and I'm just reminding myself, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror, and I'm more. And what I was doing through that process, I was encouraging myself and building myself up. And bless God, I was so pumped up after ten minutes. Somebody would have walked by to shove Jesus all the way down to their throat to the bottom of their toes, right? I mean, it's a good thing that nobody walked by that very moment. <laughs> But I was reminding myself, because you see, Paul used those words for the early church when they were going through a hard time. They were facing suffering and persecution and and all that good stuff. And and, and God just really quick reminded me all of this. And and if you know what that word conqueror means in 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 your concordance and all that, that word conqueror means a decisive victory. That means there's no question. You are going to overcome, regardless of what this world throws, what regardless comes around you. You are going to be a victor, and I just and I, and I was encouraging myself, and, I, and and God showed me something there. He said, "This is why you preach what you preach to encourage people that in, that endure this all week long." Because I've worked all the jobs, guys. I've worked in warehouses. I've been the CEO all the way down to the warehouse job. A mediocre job. You do, in ministry, you do whatever you need to do, right? It, it's not about your career as ministry. And so you've got to be willing to work everywhere. And I've worked all in these, all different environments. I've worked around people where I was the only one that even knew who Jesus was. And all around me, all they wanted to do was talk about the ways they were living in the world. And not very many nice language come out of them. And some of you know what I'm talking about. You work somewhere like that, and that's hard. It's very hard. But listen, I want to encourage you in this. You need to take this scripture and you need to write it on your heart, write it on your palm, put it on your phone, write it on your forehead, write it anywhere you can see it as many times as you you need to. That needs to be your foundational scripture. When you try to get out in this world. Because we are more than conquerors. We're not just a decisive victor. We are more than that. Because we have been called to do a purpose. And we can do that purpose. But see, people get overwhelmed by the spirit of the world. And and then they feel like they cannot accomplish something. But God wants you to be reminded constantly, you can do it. See, you've got to... You've got to fully persuade yourself. I mean, get to the point where you, you, you have God's Word in your heart and you have the Holy Spirit power working through you and you've got to fully persuade and fully confidence know that you are supernaturally equipped to do whatever it is God's called you to do no matter what this world can throw at you. And it's going to throw you some curveballs. Right? There's a lot of stuff being thrown around right now. I mean, it's just unbelievable, the things that's going on. Right now, I was, in, in, well, I'll talk about that here in just a minute. But I mean, there's just so much going on. And when you really think about it, uh, there's we have never been in, in history in such a state of confusion in the world, right? I mean, you just really think about the the, the, in, the in the decision-making of of, of, of I mean, CEOs of major corporations making just crazy decisions off of emotion, not thinking the thing all the way through. And then they come back a few days later and realize that decision cost them millions and millions of dollars, right? Just, just, and, and then, but then you have people on one side of the field that think their decision was a great decision, but then you have people on the other side of the field that think that just totally defies common sense, why would we, why would they do that? So much confusion. Because we, and you saw this was, this was so magnified in, in the last election, and it will be until Jesus comes back. And you'll never convince one side or the other, as long as you're trying to do it naturally, right? And I'm not pointing out which side is which. You know, you can decide that for yourself. But so much confusion, because one side likes one thing, and the other side, in their eyes, that, that defies common sense. But in their eyes, it is common sense. And what you believe defies common sense. See where we are? So, so ununified. So separated. Right? So, so there's so much decisive confusion. Right? And just let that sink in. Just let that sink in. Because that's just the very world that we live in today. I mean, you, know, you guys know what I'm talking about. How many times you'll be in the store and somebody will do something just totally stupid. I'll just say that. And you're th- sitting there thinking, can you just use some common sense? Right? But to them, that is common sense. Now, that's a scary thought. Right? That's a scary thought. Stick with me now. <laughs> Y'all are looking at me like, you're going, what's he talking about? Right? Stick with me. Right? Because, listen, there's a reason so much confusion is running rampant in our society today. There is a very, 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 very significant reason and all of this is being created and being magnified by the enemy, our, his self, Satan, right? He wants to keep us in a state of confusion. And I'm talking about as people. I mean, and I'm not pointing out anybody in particular because we've all been deceived or confused at some point, right? And he wants to keep us right there. And this, guys, this is why God has been reminding you at Compass Church through me for the past two years is you better know what you believe and you better know why you believe it because the day's coming where you're going to be challenged and we're here. We're here. I was talking with a pastor about this message and when, when God dropped it on my heart, he's been pastoring about 32 years so he's got a lot of wisdom. And we were talking about this, and he said, you know, he said, I knew these days were coming. He said, I've been pastoring a long time, but I never really believed they would happen in my lifetime. And he said, I said, really? He said, yeah. And he said, you know, he said, I have to repent for God before God almost weekly now because he's got a pretty good-sized church. I think there are about a thousand members. He said, because I can see people in my own congregation confused, falling to the wayside, leaving Fall into the spirit of the world. And then I go back and I realize I didn't teach them correctly. I told them what they needed to believe. And they've been in my church most of their life. But I never taught them to learn why they believe it. Because if you don't know why you believe it, Listen, the next pretty preacher that comes along or next pretty business person that comes along or the next, next somebody with a great idea that sounds really good or real churchy and, and, and all of this, if it looks just right, if you sounds just right, come on, if you don't know why you believe what you believe, you'll believe anybody, anything somebody throws at you. Amen. So you've got to know what you believe. But most importantly, you've got to know why you believe it. Right? And there's a reason there's so much chaos and confusion going on, right? And because when you look at our society, we're so confused. We're trying to redefine everything. You know, and everything is based off of feelings. You know. We're trying to redefine mom, father. I mean, do you know there's pastors now that are questioning whether they're going to do a Mother's Day message so they don't offend somebody? Sad. You're going to get a Mother's Day message here. All right? Because a mother is important. Right? And a mother is a mother. But we're trying. Society's now trying to redefine all of these things. So much confusion. So much Satan's stirring as hard as he can to keep that pot stirred up. Confusion. We can't see eye to eye on the simple things. All of these things. And guys, the reason all of that is happening is it's a form of deception. Deception. And let me tell you something. When deception begins to rule in society as it is today, guys, that's a sign. That is a sign for believers, right? For every believers, And that is a sign, guys, that Jesus is coming soon. All right? That is a sign. That is clearly a sign. And signs are an amazing tool. I mean, if you learn to use them correctly. I mean, you think about it, you can't travel without using signs. I know everybody just uses their GPS. But you know what? I grew up in the day where you had to read a map and you had to understand your signs. And if you travel and if you know your signs is very you can you can do great. You can do make your travel really pleasant. I mean, your, your, uh, your north to south interstates are going to be odd. Your, your, your uh, east to west are going to be even. You have mile markers which coincide with your exit numbers. There's every mile, and if that exit number is at that mile marker, all of these great things. And you know, when you go into a, to a major city or any big city on the interstate, and you come to an interchange where there's all these different interstates come together and all of that, and if you know how to read your sign, and, and I know people don't know how to read their sign, because I see what happens every time they come up on these interchanges, right? But if you read that sign, if it says Montgomery this way, right? Mobile this way, well, if you look right below their, those names, it'll show you how many lanes go, Right? how many lanes go straight, how many lanes go left, and you can tell way ahead of time which lane you need to be in depending on where you're going. Just look at the little sign. Oh, but People don't look at the sign. <laughs> <But> <laughs> All right, no more ranting about people's driving, but listen, signs are important. They lead us to our next city. They lead us to our next state, guys, but think about it most importantly. They lead us to our next phase in life, right? But you've got to learn to to read the signs. And and Jesus thought signs were kind of important too. Because he gave us signs in Matthew 24. All right? And I've read these before. And we're going to look at that, Matthew 24. But these are signs of his return. All right? Now, I know a lot of people talk about, and, and, and a pastor was telling me. When he was talking about, uh, you know, he never taught people what to believe. This was a subject that he didn't, he didn't teach on very much. These signs of the end times or these signs of the last days or whatever you want to talk about. He said, because I always felt like it was, it was almost, uh, 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 people didn't want to hear it. He said, now I'd love anything to have those days back because they needed to hear it. Right? Because let me tell you something. When you talk about the return of Jesus, and when you talk about the last days, as, as most people call it, it's important to note that teaching on this subject should never, never instill any form of fear in you. Never. Ne- don't, don't let it, right? Now the enemy would want, you know, usually if people when they talk about this, and let me just say this, we all, nobody knows the day. I will say this, through my study and through a lot of theologians that I follow and I, that I know personally, and we talk about this, I believe it's going to be, we've got a ways to go. And this is only my opinion. I believe that things are going to get drastically worse, and that it, where I believe, that it, and a lot of us concur that, that, that there's there's things that are going to happen that we're going to think, "Good night, the world should have already ended by now." Right? That just my opinion. But a lot of people get concerned because when you start preaching about the last days, they start their first. Their mind goes straight to, "Well, I want to do this in life. I want to do that in life. I want." Listen, don't don't fall into that. Never. Allow fear to come on you when you start talking about the return of Jesus. Glory to God. Because I promise you, when we get to heaven, glory to God. It's going to be such a glorious and amazing time and place. Glory to God. But listen, teaching on the last days is only to inform you so that you can clearly see the times that we are in and live accordingly. Make decisions for your life accordingly, amen. And it's very important, very important. And I know a lot of people they don't want to hear about it, but it's not difficult to hear. You know that a Christian should never, never fall into fear of death. I mean, what are you going to do? Oh, I'm going to heaven. Oh, wow, that's bad. You know, don't threaten a Christian with death, amen. Glory to God. All right, and let me just say this because this every time i talk about this somebody always emails me or meets me at the door and i want you to, everybody to go ahead and, and know now that i am very much completely aware that peter officially announced back in acts that the last days started on the day of pentecost when the outpouring of, when the holy spirit was given i am very much aware of that all right what jesus was referring to right here in matthew 24 what he was doing was he was yanking our chain. He's getting our attention. Why? Because it's time to bring our egg came to the field. It's time for us. Time's running short. You still got a lot to do. I'm getting your attention. He says, hey, 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 hey. Listen to me. Time's getting close. Tighten up your ship. Get your things in order. Glory to God because you got, we got things to do. Not just you, we got things. In other words, think of it like this. We've been playing the last day's game for about 2,000 years, right? But right now, it's the fourth quarter, all right? The clock's winding down. It's getting to that two-minute mark, and and glory to God, before Jesus comes back, and we need to bring everything that we got to the field so that we can be the victors in the game. All right, so we're at Matthew 24, and I'm going to start in verse 3. And of course, this is the disciples sitting there listening to Jesus. And it says, As he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and I shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of war. See that you not be troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginnings of sorrows. Then shall they deliver up to you to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sakes. Then you shall many be offended." and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another, many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. All right. Now, there is no way in the world I'm going to get through these. This is why this is a series, all right? There's no way to get through all of these, but we're going to break these things down, guys, because we need to understand these signs, all right? We need to understand. We need to know, because these are signs that Jesus is coming back, right? And we see, and we actually see this, and this is very important. There's three accounts of this in Scripture. You've got this story in Matthew in 24, you got it in Mark 13, verses 5 through 13. And then you got it in Luke 21. Now, and it's very, very important that they all tell the same story. And that's significant. Now, you'll see this in a minute. Because you know how you can read one story in Matthew and one story in Mark, and they'll be just a little bit different. But I want you to understand that these are all the same. They they're, they're, they're are the same, just with very little differences. And that's very important, right? And let me tell you something. Before somebody also meets me in the door and say, Well, you know, you read that list and those things have been happening throughout time. All through time. Because we're in, we've been in the last days. Well, I understand that. What Jesus is telling us right here is like when you see these signs, when you see these signs escalate, when you see them grow, when you see the confusion start running rampant in the world, in the society, glory to God. When you see these signs, it's you're getting close to Him coming back. That's what He's saying. Don't make it difficult, right? And remember, Jesus didn't, He didn't give us this scripture to scare us, He gave us this Scripture to prepare us, right? Because, guys, God only wants us to keep our eyes open. Because, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people with their eyes closed right now. He wants us to, 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 to keep them open and to what's happening around us right now. Because right? He, what He doesn't want is for us to fall away from Him. And you'll see that in a minute. But He doesn't want us to fall into any of these things unknowingly. Because, listen, you have the master deceiver coming after you. And don't think that he can't deceive you if you give him room. You give him place and he can, man, he can make you think things. Austin did a great job teaching on that. And, and, and we know that, that Satan attacks us in our mind. He doesn't have the power. His power is influence in your mind. And what he can get you convinced to do or what you believe to believe, and he's controlling you, right? And you've got to be understand, be, be very, very careful. And God doesn't want us as believers falling to the wayside fallen into any of this. That's why there's so much emphasis on this. Now, and, and, and I already told you that these, these, these we saw these three counts, but they're all three begin with the same way. They all three begin with, take heed no, that no man deceive you. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. Take heed that no man deceive you. All right? Now, it, it, the reason that you see all of these stories so closely the same is the disciples were paying attention, right? They, they were they were paying close attention. Now, how many of you know? Just because Jesus was talking, they weren't all always just playing paying close attention. Come on, guys. You you know sometimes you guys hear me and sometimes you don't. Now I'm just being true, I'm being truthfully. Now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But listen, they were paying attention to this, right? And and, and then and and. And when Jesus had their attention, what he was telling them was that when you see deception come in, take heed that no man deceive you. When you see that deception come in, and you see that all three times, that's the first sign that we're going to see. And this is very important that you understand this. The first sign that we're going to see that Jesus is coming is the deception that is going to run rampant in the world. All right? And now, and and we know that Jesus put an emphasis on all of this because he used the words "Take heed." Now this is where you've got to study. You've got to get into your concordance, you've got to get into the culture, you've got to understand the time frame, and you've got to understand what the, 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 how that works and how that expresses what it expresses in the Greek. And and, and listen, I broke all this thing down. I don't have time to do all that right now. But you've got to understand all of this. And when he said, take heed to guard against your deception, what Jesus was doing was, when he said, take heed, he said, hey, 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 listen to me. Because that's what that would have meant. Right? That would have meant, hey... He was trying to grab their, trying to yank their chain, and they listened. They stood up. And you see this because the stories are so similar, so closely the same. And they were listening, and there wasn't no doubt that they were listening and hanging on every word of what Jesus was saying. So it was significant. This was important. He wanted us to know this is important, right? And when he had that, had that attention, and, and when Jesus told them that in the last days, deception would try to reign the earth or try to infiltrate society, right? Guys, look what's happening in our world. Look what's happening in our world. Now, let's go just a little bit deeper because you need to understand what that word deceive means, what, how it was used. Now, stick with me now. That word is, was translated from the Greek word planeo, I think it is. I, I really can't pronounce it that right. But that word means to wander off course. To, to think about that. What was Jesus saying? He was saying, hey, let, hey, listen to me. Take heed, listen to me. Don't you let no man cause you to wander off. Off course. Guys, look what's happening in our world. Churches are wandering off course to appease the spirit of the world. They're they're, they're turning their backs on biblical Judeo-Christian values that they've had in their church for 40 and 50 and 60 years to appease the spirit of the world. Dangerous. Dangerous grounds. But that, that word means wandering off course. Jesus says, don't you let somebody cause you to wander off course. Wander off course from what? Wander It would be the, the God's word, his standards set forth there. Don't allow somebody to pull you off. And by the way, those standards and that word and those values, that's what gives us our moral compass, our moral standard. Now how many of you know there's never been, ever been so much moral Confusion in our world than it is today. I mean, come on. I bet Cody can tell a list this long being in public, teaching in public schools. I mean, these kids, some of these kids don't, they they question everything. They don't know what they are, who they are, or who they live with. They're just a being floating around on the earth. So much moral confusion. Everything is just accepted based on feelings. Well, that person loves it. It feels good for them. Let them do that. Well, do you truly love them as God loves us? Are you going to tell them the truth that going down that path is going to lead them to death and to destruction? Right? But see, deception is, is, is running rampant. And it's causing the world to wander off course. Oh, think about it, guys. I mean, that, think about it, like That would illustrate a, 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 to, to take heed, don't let no man cause you to wander off course. They, it would be like A person wandering off course? Or or, or a group of people? That would be your churches? Or even nations? Do you realize in our world today, there are nations. Nations, plural. They have no sex laws. If you want to be a pedophile, come spend your tourism money here, then we can abide you with whatever children we want. Deception. They've wandered off course. Pretty bad. And Satan's just smiling, ear to ear. I've got them. I've got them. They've wandered. Glory, to God. see that word. It, that that word deceive. It, it, it tells us something. It if you use it in the Greek context right there, that would illustrate. Is it that would be like if you were saying someone was walking on a on a solid path, all right? Smooth, solid path. But yet, all of a sudden, they're now they're drifting toward the edge. Now now on the edge, there's no railing, but there's just a 200-foot drop. Now they're drifting to danger. That's what that would mean. That's, what, that, that's how that would work. And, and, and that solid path would represent God's Word and the standards of what we believe, because we know why we believe what we believe, because it's all based on God's Word. We're, that's our foundation. Glory to God. See, when... When Jesus was telling us this about, about that word deceive, He was telling us that in the end days, when you see this sign that I'm coming, my time is coming close. When you see it, there's going to be a great turning away from me, turning away from my word, turning away from our, my standard. And, so, and He says, that's the first sign that you need to know that I'm coming soon. Guys, that's happening right before our very eyes. That doesn't scare us though. Because we know that we have the victor living on the inside of us. Glory to God. But you need to understand the times that we live in. You understand what's prophetically coming to pass in the prophetic timeline. And all of this points to the very time that we're in. And that's why Jesus listed that very first. Because it's so dangerous. Because you understand there are so many people confused right now. So many, We're so confused we can't even come together on simple terms. About simple things. Some think it's a bad idea, some think it's a good idea. Well, they think this one's a bad idea, and this one, you know, we're all over the place. Deception. Why is that happening? Because people have been allowed to be allowed something. To cause them to wander off course. See, that's why I always remind you guys, you got to keep God focused. you got to keep Him first place in your life. Because if you don't keep Him first place, the spirit of this world that has been working to remove God from every area of this earth, glory to God, will pull, he'll pull you in. He'll pull you in, guys. Glory to God. you got to keep your eyes on Him. Because, guys, we are living in the day that Isaiah warned us about. Isaiah 5.20 says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness. But you know what? He wasn't the only prophet. The prophet Joel prophesied that in the end days that God would visit his people with an amazing outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I'll take that. Praise God. I'm not going to get hung up on and overwhelmed by the world. I may get pushed back. Because I'm human. All of us get pushed back. But I'll remind myself who I am. I'll remind myself what belongs to me. I'll remind myself that i got work to do. Right? And I will not allow myself to fall into the deception of the spirit of this world. We cannot do it. We cannot do it. Because that's, and listen, the interesting thing is, guys, that's the first sign that Jesus is coming soon. Right? And if you really think about it, that answers the big question that's on so many people's mind. Why? In other words, why are people doing what they're doing? Because everybody in here can give a story or an illustration of why they saw somebody either thinking something that was totally, in their eyes, against common sense, or, 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 or doing something that is totally against common sense. Right? And, and, but that's why. Because deception is running rampant. In our nation. Not not just our nation, but in the world. More more abundantly in the world than it is in just our nation, but our nation's catching up really quick. Right? That deception is so many people have allowed themselves to be convinced. Remember, that's how the enemy gets you. And he convinced you to think a certain way. He convinced you to live a certain way. He convinced you to do certain things. People have allowed themselves to be pulled off course. But glory to God, we as believers need to pull up our bootstraps. We need to tighten up our belt. Glory to God, because God has called the two-minute warning, and He's called He put us here for this time to embrace these days. We're privileged to be here for such a time that some people say are the worst times of the world, which I disagree. This is great times, because you know what? That means there's a possibility I may be here when, I, when Jesus gets to come back. glory to God. I'm excited for that. Listen, you need to hold tight. The two-minute warning is on. Get ready. Stay close. Keep God first and be ready when you're called to the field to bring your A-game to the field. Because we're going to be victors. Don't let this world overwhelm you. Don't let the spirit of this world try to control you. Don't be let... You understand... If people would understood the concept of being led by the Spirit, you know, having Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and having the Holy Spirit, being infilled with the Holy Spirit, and live their life off of that leading. And this is, people, it's not hard. It's just, it's just when you go through your everyday life and you get an unction to do something or an unction not to do it. That's it. Just obey that. That's the Holy Spirit. In a nutshell, simple. But if everybody did that, we wouldn't have near the problems we have because the Holy Spirit's not going to lead you to murder. The Holy Spirit's not going to lead you to do whatever, to do, to do whatever this world wants you to do because of, the Holy Spirit's not going to lead you to pursue only fleshly desires. Amen? Glory to God. All right, well, we'll catch this thing up. Guys, you don't want to miss the next next couple of weeks because this is, this, is, this is very important. And there again, it's not to scare you. We're not 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 to scare you. Just need to know. You need to be prepared. You need to be aware of what's happening, and don't allow yourself to fall into any of these things. Most importantly, s- stay close to God. And listen, if you're sitting here and you feel like, well, there may be something that you've been deceived about, don't don't fight with it. Just get with God. We've all been deceived. I've been deceived, right? I didn't I didn't find Jesus until my mid twenties. I was really deceived. And I had a lot of things to work, a lot of baggage I had to work through. And there were times I had to get with God and God. And there were things that I thought were right and that were not right. And I, had to, and I struggled with it because it was stuff I had done for years. And I had to get before God and say, God, show me. Help me. And He did through the Holy Spirit. He revealed to me. And before, and before long, I wasn't deceived on the matter because I did everything through God and through the power of His Holy Spirit giving me revelation of the steps I needed to take. And if that's you, just get before him. He'll show you. He'll teach you. Glory to God. That's All he wants is that relationship so he can. Amen. Let's pray.